You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns with your host, Jeff Floyd, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and as always, your team every day um, for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Wasn't sure if we were actually going to record today. Um, soccer for me got rained out, so no games to coach. We're able to grab Pete before he gets to go out and, uh, you know, get his... You know, monthly taste of, I would say, what, uh, protection, Pete, we'll call it this year, to make sure you don't end up with one of those suckers yourself, maybe. Um, but actually, a flurry of stuff uh, coming out of the parade today, some moves here. Uh, I don't think, you know, anything here is really going to light the lamp, but, you know, a lot of people were hoping they could get something on this. So, you know, as we were able to, slow, able to squeeze in the time to record, we will get to it. Um, so, in you know, whether you're listening along on, you know, iTunes, make sure you leave the reviews over there, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, guys, check out Himalaya Podcast app. Uh, it's new. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, I, I've got a couple of reviews of it from some listeners. They seem to like it. Simple, easy to navigate. So, if you're looking for something different, go ahead, check out Himalaya. Um, Pete, obviously, you know, some activity today here on a Friday. Um, and, uh, at first, what I guess we'll go with Morgan Burnett, but, I mean, this... I don't think this, it doesn't come as a surprise, obviously. I think it was what we had talked about where Trey Boston was just not being realistic with a contract that, you know, he was going to feel comfortable with coming here. And they, you know, once Burnett, Burnett got moved on from the Steelers, it certainly gave them a, a plan B that they were pretty comfortable with. Yeah, um, it does. It certainly does seem like they are out of the market for free agent safeties. So whatever the, Trey Boston was holding out for, he's not getting from here. Um, Morgan Burnett, at least reportedly, is getting a two-year, nine mil, up up to nine million dollar contract with four million guaranteed at his signing. Um, he's fine. He's a little bit better than Derek Kindred, but largely seems to be doing the same role Derek Kindred was doing. Um, but my overall take on this is if you want to say well they're paying a little bit more money for an upgrade on Derek Kidron that's fine but my 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 thing with this is you know whether it's Derek Kindred or Morgan Burnett I don't think either one I don't I don't think the Browns have a starting safety there I think they're still looking for it I, I think you can get by in a world where you have Eric Murray and, and Morgan Burnett potentially as a safety there but I don't think either one of those is, is what you really want to have there and and when you look at it from the standpoint of a starting secondary with Denzel Ward right now seemingly Der- Terrence Mitchell TJ Carey in the slot Demarius Randall and then Morgan Burnett the- seemingly I I think it's kind of underwhelming I I think the signing you know on the surface makes it so they don't have to go chasing after things in the draft but to me I, I don't think they're any further along than they were. Before they signed him, I feel, it feels like, to me, um, it's a role player being paid like a starter, but doesn't really answer the question about what you really want to have happening out there. Yeah, um, what, what surprised me was you know the, the first year with the four million. I guess you know on paper it's a two-year, nine million-dollar deal or whatever. I don't know where any of the twenty twenty money plays into it, and I hope it doesn't. Uh, as Morgan Burnett's already thirty years old, um, you know, with Pittsburgh last year, you know, it's like like we said, you know, good in the box. Um, they kind of used him, you know, as a you know, pseudo, you know, small linebacker, or whatever, which could be a possibility here. Um, Pete and Pete and I screamed for almost a calendar year that you had two players are capable of doing it, neither of which are in Cleveland anymore. Um, 
you know, I, I do think maybe also, uh, you know, with Murray coming over from Kansas City, look, John Dorsey did draft him as a cornerback. Is there a possibility he's going to be you know, maybe a little more, you know, Bob, uh, Bodie Calhoun, where it's all right, this is your role this week. You know, Burnett, you don't really have that type of flexibility. And Randall, you know, obviously, you know, we talked about that where, you know, extending him may be a little bit harder now just because the safety numbers got really high and really crazy. Um, I think it fortifies you an opportunity to still say, look, we're going into the draft and we want to we want to go BPA. So if there's a guy that wows, and look, there'll be a name or two at 49 that absolutely will wow you. So, you know, will that player, regardless of even if he's going to have a crowded path for you know a ton of playing time, but I don't think it changes anything right now today if you're looking at this team and saying the two biggest needs, well, I mean, the, the biggest needs on this team are obviously still defensive tackle, cornerback, and safety. Right. So uh, that, that was my initial thought is maybe more Morgan Burnett would be used more of a linebacker, maybe an X, and I guess he still could. But then I get immediately get a bunch of replies saying that basically Morgan Burnett wanted out of Pittsburgh because that's what they were doing and he didn't want to do it. So... I don't know where that leaves him. Maybe $4 million makes him feel better about doing that job. Or it's easier to do it for people that you know when you've been around. And Demarius Randall's here and says, look, dude, they'll take care of you. It's a nice little situation. Trust me, we're going to be all right. So overall, I'm hoping that Morgan Burnett and Eric Murray are basically slot guys, basically bigger slot guys. Um, but ultimately, let's, you know, let's see what happens. It's just... Uh, you and I have talked about this endlessly. We look at this as the Browns are going to put up points. Ultimately, they're not going to be stopping the run as much. They're going to be competing against stopping the pass. Um, if Morgan Burnett is really a starting safety, I don't think he really gets you that much further along. You're substantially further back than you were last year with Peppers. Of course. Yes, he's better than Kindred, but that's not <clears throat> enough. So, in a world where, you know, let's say they get uh, a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson or a Juan Thornhill or a Darnell Savage, and those are your two deep safeties, and that maybe they're in a situation where it's Joe Schobert, Morgan Burnett, and Eric Murray are sort of your uh, linebacker slash slot defenders, that could be intriguing in a pretty good situation while still having a little bit of size to be able to, you know, play the run. Uh, but that's sort of it's it's now a matter of waiting for that other shoe to drop. Yeah, and like the, the way we're equating this, guys, like Jadard Avery, you you might say Jadard Avery is your you know your Sam, your strong side, you know your uh, you know strong side starting linebacker. But if this goes the way it should go, Jadard Avery might still see just as many, if not more, rushes. I mean, reps from the pass rusher position than he will from the Sam linebacker because I mean. It's going to be that much nickel and dime. A, that's what Wilkes does. I believe it was close to 70% last year. And you know, it's going to be because you should be up two touchdowns by halftime or third quarter. So, you know, so it's, I mean, I guess they're putting together on paper what should be a base defense when they're not going to be playing a lot of base defense. Yeah. Uh, this is yet another suggestion that they're not overly concerned about linebacker or they feel like other guys can do some of those jobs. Um, it doesn't mean they won't draft it. They still should draft it, but I, it, it doesn't seem to be the, you know, overwhelming 
concern. They're not going to be Carolina. They're just, that's just not going to happen. It never made sense. It made sense in a world where he basically walked into a situation with, with those type of linebackers. But they don't have those here, and they're not striving to have those here. Uh, and, and any 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 thought of that dream, I think, died as soon as they traded for Odell Beckham, and the potential for you know getting a Devin Bush died with it. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, it's just you're going to have a lot of DBs on the field, and you should. I mean, you should. This is this is what smart teams do. But again, it's now how do you make this carry over into the draft? And and let's you know, if we fast forward and we go, we come out the first two rounds with say Justin Lane and Darnell Savage, you know, this could be look like a home run. I still won't love the money involved with it, but the secondary will look really really promising even if you've got some rookies in there to sort of uh, fill it out. Yeah, I, I mean, look, and there's still the Duke Johnson, you know, most likely the inevitable shoot a drop and what he becomes. Um, reaching out more and more, everybody thinks that maybe their best option now to get better value for Duke is to use it during the draft. Um, yeah, yeah, so, we talked I mean, about that. Yeah, yeah I mean, so, it, it becomes a, you know... I mean, a nice chip. Look, I missed out on this yeah. running back. I missed out on this running back. And we've talked to death this adults. A lot of this running back, running back class is dogs with fleas. So, well, I can get Duke Johnson here for pick 97. You want to know what? Let's just get Duke Johnson and we'll not worry about the running back position for the rest of this draft. So that can be played that way. Um, guys, iTunes, rating reviews. Always help the show. Uh, you guys have been fantastic with it. Keep those coming. Drop a five-star. Drop a written review over there. Could not be more appreciative of that now. Um, and then we'll we, actually the question came in last night about a couple of AAF quarterbacks, and you know Pete mentioned that these guys were going to get some run. What happens? And the greatest signal caller in the history of the AAF today, uh, Garrett Gilbert, is now a Cleveland Brown. Um, there's got to be some sort of relationship with Baker. Look, you went to the same high school, even though you're four years apart. I, I'm sure they know each other somehow, some way, friends, extended family, yada yada, whatever. Um, so you know, look. We, we pray every day and every single night that nobody ever takes a snap again for the next 13 or 14 years besides Baker Mayfield. But maybe it's a guy where there could be a nice relationship where, you know, Garrett Gilbert, hey, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Um, I did have to play in the AAF. If it means i got to wear a baseball, pat, baseball hat or a scully for, you know, however many years, it, it could be something that could be nice and work before Drew Stanton officially takes on the title of coach that he currently carries as a player. Right. Um, look, the AAF is, uh, I think, already up to 12 players signed. Um, yeah, like it. yeah, Vikings stole our dude today. Yeah, I mean, Durant Smith, the, the Steelers borrow, you know, decided to sign guys from a good defense to learn how when they signed Jack Tacho from the Birmingham Iron. Um, nice call on that one, too. Garrett Gilbert is fine. Um, I, I don't think he's guaranteed a roster spot. Initially, I mentioned you know it would make sense if he went to the practice squad, uh, to which exactly. people pointed out accurately he's not eligible anymore. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think he's guaranteed anything. I, I think in a lot of ways he represents a camp arm um, that if he shows you something, great. I, I will still be surprised if Browns carry three quarterbacks. It's not to say they can't. Um, yeah, but that's would, it, possible. Would, it, would it stun you if we heard in late August? Do you want to know what? Drew Stanton decided to just take his money and get an office, and Garrett Gilbert's your backup quarterback, and none of it matters because we don't want them to play anyway. 
Yeah, I, 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 some way, somehow, I think they end up with two quarterbacks. And, and that could be But you be keep that, relying on the fact that when Stanton's actually played, he's actually done some things. and That, that is true. Well, the, the other part of it is, like, it, let's say, you know, when they cut, make the final roster cut down and Garrett Gilbert's in that last group, is somebody going to give him a roster spot uh, at that point? Or, you know, maybe the Dolphins grab him or something? Other than that, he may just be that guy who's sort of sitting there, and if something happens, you grab him and you go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's possible that, you know, they, they actually view him as a viable backup, certainly – um, he's got to show something. Again, it's I, I think it's a very fancy tryout. Doesn't mean he can't do it. I mean, certainly he played well enough. And again, I think the uh, the value in the AAF may prove itself here that he got a bunch of reps. Um, we'll see what happens ultimately. Uh, but yeah, they, I mean, to me, I think the that roster spot is worth more than a third quarterback. But you know, if he's impressive, then and he makes himself in, indispensable, then great. And you you keep him and, and you roll with it. Yeah, it's you know it, it's something to this point, and maybe you don't want to draft a quarterback, and that's fine. You, you got one here. You know, obviously nothing on money yet. Uh, I'm not expecting expecting it to be anything extensive. Um, once you do see numbers, you, it, it may tell you a little bit more of the story about how they feel about Garrett Gilbert. Um, so uh, you know, we're with that. And now you know. And then here was the one today, Pete, and it was fun because when you got to, like, go through Google and you got to go to, like, 9, 10, 11 things um, when a professional NFL team signs a player and you got to go that deep into Google because you have no idea who, who the hell he is. Um, yeah, Browns dropped a little bit of a bomb on us here with this one, and uh, but you know, let's start the legend of DSG. Right. Uh, he is Evan Bur- Evan uh, Evan Barry, essentially. He's a kick returner, punt returner. He, as, as far as I can tell, he has no other skills. Danny um, Sheehan Johnson. I mean, Danny, I'm going to mess this name, but it's terrible. It's Damon Johnny. something. Yes, Damon Sheehan. Damon Giuseppe. Damon Sheehan Giuseppe, I believe it. Yeah. Yes. But we're going to go with DSG. DSG will be a nice nickname there. Good old Paisan. Um yes. Uh, but yeah, it's, they had this. They this last year with Evan Barry. Uh, you know, if, if you can, if he's so dominant that you are forced to keep him, you do it. Or he develops a fully, you know, a full skill set as a special teamer. Uh, Evan Bur- Evan Barry was actually labeled receiver. I don't know if he actually ever really ran any routes. Um, th- th- that this guy is here for one thing only. If he can do anything else, it's a bonus. Um, you know, this is the type of guy. It it, it 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 realistically ends up being a way for them to practice against kick returns and punt returns and stuff like that more than anything. But if a guy sort of really surprises you and, and, and makes something happen, then you can at least consider him. But I think this is more of a, you know, basically paying a guy to be a tackling dummy in, in special team situations than anything else. Yeah, and what I saw, there's not much of a you know, punt returning aspect to him. Um, look, Callaway can field punts. Jarvis Landry can field punts. Odell Beckham Jr. can field punts. You know, am I a little more concerned about punt return because they're more realistic option that it could actually be something as opposed to kickoff return, which the Browns are going to be returning a lot of kicks this year. I feel that personally. Um, but, you know, and now, I mean, most everybody's got their, you know, most of the time you get a, a ton, a ton, a ton of touchbacks. Um, you know, Jabril Peppers would have nice feet. Took a couple more of those touchbacks. 
But it, it's interesting. And what you see on him, yeah, I mean, he looked electric. The first thing you wonder is who the hell were these guys he was playing against? Because it, you know, it, it it looked like the you know the guy in the vi- you know at video games when you put him up to ninety nine speed, ninety nine elusiveness, and all that stuff, and everybody else just looks subpar. Uh, the rumors are the forties, you know, sub four three. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it looked pretty damn good on tape. Um, but you know, if he was this great of a returner at a JUCO in Arizona, how wouldn't he end up anywhere else? Like, I, I, I it, it's a weird story, and you know, somebody's going to find out more. So you know, that'll drop. We'll get more on this eventually. Um, so you know, obviously, just he did run track. I know that much. Yeah, that was the first like five or six things I found were you know all track related. So. Yeah, that and he has a brother who played at VCU for a minute. He had a brother who played at ECU for a minute? No, VCU, and it was, as a basketball player, Virginia okay. Commonwealth. Yep, all right, Virginia Okay. So there's that, and, you know, kind of interesting with that. Um, we're going to keep this one a little shorter here, guys. We do have a couple of listener questions. We will get to those just in a minute here. But remember, to get the show every day, subscribe to Locked On Browns on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with the personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and make sure you are subscribed to Locked on Browns. Now we will get to a couple of listener questions that we've got here. Let's bring this back up here. All right. And get it going here. Uh, all right. Sam Panics again. If you had to. All right. This is actually pretty. This is actually a pretty decent one. One player, Pete, that you will say with this draft class will be a Cleveland Brown when it's over. Uh, I'll go with I'll go with Juan Thornhill because I don't want to go with the answer Jeffrey Simmons. Um, the that's that's about as good. It just feels like he fits so well for this. Um, he's just really good. He he would answer all the questions I have in terms of getting somebody who can really cover and treating that strong safety position into what it really should be in this defense, which is basically a third corner who's just always on the inside and can do some other things. Uh, so, yeah, I'll go with Juan Thornhill. Then you were on it before he tested through the roof. Um, obviously, he's had an official visit. Um, there definitely seems to be there's something there. Uh, the UVA kids, they do come with brains, uh, which will be a nice asset. And if it does end up you know, where Demary Randall is and part of the picture here long term, if you got a guy in Thornhill who's you know carrying a salary of where you got him in the second round, it's it's not a bad problem to have, and it, it, it's a nice nice to have. So yeah, I mean Juan Thornhill. Let's see now that puts me on the spot here. To... All right, Jeff. What are we gonna go with here? I'm gonna go with Michael Dogbay. Uh, Michael Dogbay at this point only holds two official visits. I I know there's you know obviously the pro date he was uh, met with and spoken to there. I just I think in this type of defensive line in this defensive you what you've got is so unique and dynamic with these first four guys. You want to start filling in a couple and I, you know I hate the term but a couple of lunch pail guys, a guys that are just going to do what they are asked to do. And you know Michael Dogbay, you can ask him to do whatever. He can play whatever role. He has played them all: odd fronts, even fronts, outside, inside. Gives you great versatility and depth. Where a player like that goes off the board, in my opinion, is probably about round five. But just a really, really solid player that you can add here. And you know, God forbid he's got to start. He can help in that aspect. Um, but a player that you know, this franchise can find a use for. And God forbid somebody's got to miss a week or two. You hopefully won't miss that big of a beat. 
Um, all right, Taylor Harris, are the Browns set at safety, or is it still a high priority in the draft? We kind of hit on this, but one more time, Pete. Nope. They should definitely <laughs> they should definitely keep drafting safeties. And if they really want to go heavy, heavy on DBs, uh, they should still draft two. Um, the class is there for it. And draft keep, Savage, draft Thornhill. Find a way to make it happen. Well, like today <laughs> or yesterday, I, I don't. You know, they had a guy come in from Florida Tech. Uh, oh yeah. Who's really, linebacker really there? Athletic. Didn't he play linebacker there though? He played safety at Florida Tech. I think he played linebacker at South Dakota State. Okay. Uh, his name is JT. Oh, I go the two? JT Hassel. That's it. Um. I don't know why he transferred. I, I know he has a kid. I don't know if he transferred home for that reason, if he's from Florida, that area. Uh, he, he's, you know, he had a, a, only workout numbers I know of are 43840, 42-inch vertical, 684, three-cone, uh, which are phenomenal. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of plays on the ball. In two, the two years he was at Florida Tech, he has one interception, which is not great. Uh but he had 76 solo tackles this past year and 50 of the year before. So he uh, he makes he makes plays. He, you know, he, he, you, that type of guy, you know, stands out as that missile guy who can be on every coverage team type dude. And if he develops into something, that could be great. I don't know how old he is. But, yeah, they, they, I mean, look, the if you're going to go with this super DB heavy investment, it does make it so you should have no shortage of guys – that should be able to play special teams and help on coverage units and those type of things. In addition to giving you a ton of options for uh, just how you want to play defense, uh, whether they're actually emulating, you know, more like San Diego or they just realize, hey, we're going to be scoring a lot of points. We should probably be able to do as much as we can to cause turnovers and and cover. But uh, the answer is no. The, the, and and even if even if they had. You know, a better – let's say even in a world where they kept Jabril Peppers, theoretically, I'd still want safeties. I just think the class is so good that it's like tight ends and some of these other things where you're just sitting there going, I want one of these guys to end up on my team. And, and, and to stick with it further, though, I mean, you're talking now, you know, Morgan Burnett is 30 years old. Um, the other two safeties in the building, Murray and obviously Demarius Randall, both are in the last year of their contracts. I, I don't think you want to – have to re redo your entire secondary your, your safety position going into 2020, which could be a possibility with the way it's currently construed. We brought up the names: Juan Thornhill, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, Darnell Savage. Any one of those guys, if they're available at 43, if there's more than one, it's you know it'd be interesting who they would end up choosing. But any one of those guys, you know, with the athletic backgrounds, and it it should work and give you a nice foundational piece in the back end of the secondary. As much as you've you know, worked on you know solidifying the front part of the defensive defense, now you're gonna have to start working a little bit better on the back part, which looked to be a strong unit here. And then obviously you know other situations you know, you know presented themselves, such as Odell, which you know he weakened one unit to get really really super strong at another, which I understand. But then you know you got to go back and put work into that. Uh, anything we missed on here? Because, uh, I mean, I, I think we covered everything we needed to here and, you know, things going on here. Uh, I think we're good on everything. I mean, it's basically just uh, keeping track of visits at this point. And that, that again, I, I suppose, you know, visits don't guarantee anything. They may have a question they want to answer. Um, or workouts, they want to find out some things. Uh, well, they brought well, that in. stuff gets so tricky because I'll tell you right now, um, 
North Carolina, uh, the Jets, years, uh, they're in the Mitchell Trubisky draft, went down, and all the hub was, oh, the Jets are working out Mitchell Trubisky. Da, 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 da. The Jets were actually went to work out Mitchell Trubisky, but they actually went to work out Ryan Switzer. I mean, so like, there's a lot of, you know, and even so, a visit can come in, it could be like, oh, yeah, we kind of like you as a player, and tell me about so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so that you played with. It, it, it's weird how visits go. And, oh, yeah. Hey, Nice call on uh, your boy Polite taking a visit with the Bengals. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, and I'm sure a lot of that is basically you know is having them work, having them work out again. Um, but yeah, and the other thing I, I guess is Penny Hart visited uh, from the Georgia State receiver, uh, and became I a great, became a great Senior Bowl name, and then all of a sudden he saw some testing numbers and. Mm. Right, so that could open the door for them going for one of those diminutive uh, guys who can play inside and out, uh, like Andy Isabella, like Poppy White, like Alameda Zacchaeus, uh, wishing I had the rest of those testing numbers. Um, but it also could just be a matter of, how the hell did you test this poorly, given what we've seen? And they may may just be redoing some of those things to figure it out, or getting a sense that maybe he was injured or something. Uh, or it, it also, it's getting to the mental side. Like, what happened? Like, you looked great doing everything on the field. Then when it came time to test, I mean, it, you, maybe you have a question about the pressure of him handling stuff like that. And that's what you're worried about carrying over when he's now a paid professional you know, NFL player. You know, this sometime the situation get too big for you. Right. So, here a good example of... Uh, of, of this type of vetting would be when the Rams drafted Cooper Cup a couple years ago, they basically said, look, we know he's faster than what he put out on the testing numbers, and we love everything else about him. Uh, and they drafted him, and, you know, he, he missed time with injury this past year, but he's been, a, they, you know, the pick has I been crushed. It. I admit it. I was wrong. Well, I, you know, he's a – it's whatever, but it's just that it may be a situation where a team be the Browns, um, you know, whether it's Penny Hart, whether, you know, it's a team that's looking at Ja'Kai Polite, whether it's, you know, one of these other guys, Jalen Ferguson, where they basically say, look, we've seen the number, we think he's better than this, and then they grab him. Now, it may not pay off, but in the case of the Rams, it certainly did. And that is one of the big things that they're counting on to bounce back this year is the fact that he'll hopefully be full strength. And because he was such a uh, security blanket for, for golf up to that point that, you know, he was definitely a guy they missed when it came to the Super Bowl and stuff. So, you know, mind reading really what they're looking for in visits is is difficult. But it is interesting from the standpoint of looking at sort of the different potential avenues that they could go down and that and and then maybe penny hart is a fact-finding mission maybe it's a really interested and they they don't believe the testing and they want to figure this out thing or maybe it's you know you know getting to know the kid but uh they they get 30 of the non-local ones so it's always interesting when they use them on on these type of players whether it's uh you know a safety from florida tech or a you know a a player like penny hart it's that's part of the process, and you, and you go through it, and you want to meet with some of these guys. You know, Penny Hart would be an interesting name. Um, you know, if they were at Senior Bowl, they could have done the diligence there. Uh, you know, maybe and like Pete said, maybe it's a what happened with the testing because we came away from Mobile. We were big, big fans. There's a lot to do with it. Um, guys, no, play, he, just to, to put it clearly, we were not in the insane category of saying he was better than better than Andy Isabella, but. <laughs> but 
We liked what we saw from him. Wanted to see more. One hundred percent. Guys, we're able to get. Uh, glad we could get this for you. I'll get it in here for you. Uh, you know, Pete's got to get going. Uh, I've got uh, two preteens that apparently would like to eat dinner. Little pains in the butts, and they know where the stove is, they know where the food is, whatever. Hey, you gotta feed those like you gotta feed those every day. Yeah, three like three times, dude. It's like it's like a lot. Uh, quick story: My buddy first came over, and this when my oldest was young. I mean, a few months old. And you know, my wife's changing the diaper or whatever. And he's like, "Well, what do you gotta do that like two or three times a day?" She's like, "What? It took two or three times, two or three diapers just to get this one right." And he's like, "Ah." Oh. And needless to say, uh, my buddy who's now forty-five years old. No children. I think that was another one that scared him away. Just that quick three-minute conversation with my wife, Embry. God bless you, babe. I do love you. Um, any, any chance this 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 meal is going to be sponsored by the good folks at Stouffer's? Not yet. To know that the Stouffer's package hasn't arrived. It hasn't has not. And plus, the other thing is, it's Friday. We try to be at least somewhat of a decent cat. We might eat meat on Fridays. So I'm sure the kids probably already have. Who cares? It is what it is. They're kids. Um, guys, I do want to thank Pete Smith. Obviously, read all the work over at NFL Spin Zone. Uh, follow at underscore Pete Smith, underscore the Lockdown Browns Twitter account. Obviously, it's always a follow-back account. Let's get it going. Getting closer to 5K. Let's hit that before the draft. Me, personally, uh, follow me at, J- at Jeff, underscore LJ, underscore Lloyd. Um, if you haven't checked it out yet, you know, if you're looking for a new podcast app, uh, Himalaya, you put it in the rotation. Uh, they're doing very well over there. It seems a lot of people, you know, getting a lot of positive feedback. So go ahead and check that out. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.